Hello, wow, and welcome back to TikTok. This is a podcast where we educate others about having tics, normalize having tics, and destigmatize neurodiversity. This is Nora. And this is Zara. And welcome to TikTok. So I just want to say a little bit about our podcast. This is something that Nora created because they wanted to talk about the ex- their experience having tics. And so one thing that we just want to put out there is that we do some research. This is also based on a lot of Nora's personal experience. So um, it's okay to not agree with everything they say. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, a lot of the things and the way I will answer um since the topic of this episode is going to be me answering frequently asked questions about tics, not everybody with tics is going to have the same experience. Even if they have similar tics as me or are sort of similar to me, they may not have the same experience and they may find what I say is something they not agree with and that's completely okay. Absolutely. So our topic for today, as we mentioned, is frequently asked questions. So let's start with the first question on the list. Nora, what does it feel like to tick? Okay. So I'm going to, this is the way a a lot of people sort of compare it. And I say that a tick is sort of like a sneeze. It's sometimes you feel the urge to sneeze, so you sneeze, and sometimes you just sneeze. You feel yourself sneeze, but you don't have any control over it. You know that you are sneezing, you feel it, you hear it. Um, Other people say, ew, cover your mouth. Um, (laughs) But you know that you sneeze, but you didn't have any control over it. And sometimes you feel the urge to sneeze, so you sort of have to um sneeze (laughs) no you feel the urge to sneeze so you make the it's not a decision but you do sneeze but you felt an urge so those are sort of the two sort of categories that I group my ticks in so it's pretty much sometimes they just happen and other times I feel an urge to do them so I do them, but it's a very, very tiny period of time between the urge and woo, the tick itself. And another frequently asked question that some people get and that I've gotten is, um, do you know that you're ticking while you're ticking? And to which I can say, yes, well, when you sneeze, you know that you are sneezing. It doesn't matter if you have any control over it or not. That's interesting. Thank you. Um, I'm wondering... When you are ticking and people see you ticking, how would you want them in in an ideal world to react? Um, Honestly, I'd rather they sort of just ignore it and continue as the conversation is going on. If it's like a funny tick or something, like we can laugh, like it's all good. You can talk about it, whatever. But um, if you're like across the room from me or you're in a grocery store, something like that um I'd rather you just move on with your day and not stare or something if you're somebody that I know and like you don't have to point it out if you have like a question about ticks or Tourette's like I'd be happy to answer but um it doesn't have to be something that has to be pointed out every single time that I tick um another thing is 
um, you don't have to, like, point out every single time I tick or, like, ask me if I'm okay every single time that I tick. Okay, thank you. So I'm wondering um, if there's anything that you can't do because you have physical tics and verbal tics. Yeah, okay, wait, I'm so sorry. Can I wait? go back to one answer on that last question? Sure. Okay, so another thing is um, don't mimic my tics oh. or, like, that's something that sort of I forgot about and just remembered. Don't, like, mimic my tics or, like, if I have, like, like, again, if my tics are just, like, a regular word that, like, you'd say in, like, a sentence or something, like, that's fine. You don't have to avoid saying that word. But, like, like when I'm one of my tics, you're, you're a bad egg, so, like, I, like, those can be things that trigger my tics, like, if you say the tick itself, or mimic it, or mock it, so, um, please don't do that, and please don't respond to the tick, so, like, if I'd say you're a bad egg, and you'd go, no, I'm not, that'd probably trigger my tics to respond to it, or make me tick more, so I'd appreciate if you don't do that, but again, laughing or joking about it as, is it's fine if you're one of my friends or somebody that I'm close with and chill with. Okay, sorry to go back to the question you asked. Can you repeat it? Sure. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's anything that you can't do because you have these physical and verbal tics. And I'll just give an example. Like I remember you were doing a project with an exacto knife and at that time you had an arm tick with your wow. hand would just kind of go up over your head and I was really concerned about you using an exacto knife when you had that tick because I was just worried that you might inadvertently harm yourself um so was I wrong can you do certain activities with sharp tools <laughs> So now, now that I'm um, in CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, which is learning to help me um, control my tics, I can do a lot of sort of the physical activities, um, but it, it's still difficult. I still do have to control my tics, and a lot of them I prefer not doing just because, again, tics do happen. Some, I guess, slip through the cracks or are more difficult Wow, to, to control. So, things like working with um, knives or exactos or things like that, um, I'd prefer not to do. Um, I, um, I since I haven't had my ticks for a while, I mean I've had them for about I see four or five months. Um, so um, I there are some things that I haven't gotten sort of the chance to do yet with having tics but I'd prefer not to do because I'm sort of scared of the results such as going into um like going to see a movie in a movie theater um and yeah just um public places that are sort of very quiet in a sense but have a lot of people like grocery stores or just going out in public is fine but sort of you know what I mean by that um, yeah. Well, I was also thinking, too, that if you're using a tool or something that's sharp, right, you would also be really focused on what you were doing. And I thought when you focused, it kind of helped you to work with your tics. 
yeah, that's another thing that um, I should have mentioned. Thank you for bringing that up. Again, like I said, when I'm focused um, on things, a lot of my, not a, they're not just going to go away, but I will take significantly less. So that can be something that helps a lot. But again, I will still tick and I still have to focus on controlling my ticks too. So it makes the tasks dif- a bit more difficult than it would be for the average person that ha- doesn't have ticks. Some tasks can be pretty difficult. Some tasks can just be a little bit more difficult. Yeah, and this wasn't on our frequently asked questions list, but I'm just wondering, do people who have ticks often have accommodations at school, like more time on tests or different kind of conditions, like a, a private room to take their Well, exams? it depends if you apply for it. Mm. So I, I'm sure that you could ask for it if you do have ticks, say, my my ticks make it difficult to take my test um and it would probably be distracting so i'd like to sit in another room or a different area and a teacher would probably help with that but um accommodations um would certainly be something that um if possible people with ticks should probably look into so that they can sort of get um help a bit of help that they need to um make class sort of as close as possible to the level of this is probably to the level of um difficulty as the regular student yeah just kind of evening yeah playing field, yeah that's what I was trying to say like it's not trying to give us an advantage it's just trying to make it so that we have the same sort of conditions as a regular student like if our ticks make it hard to take a test by if I for example for me I get really stressed out so one of the accommodations that I um, am going to submit is getting extra time on my tests and quizzes so that wouldn't mean that it would be like easy for me or that I'd get an advantage but it would make it so I have the same sort of amount of like yeah so I mean what I hear you saying is you wouldn't be at a disadvantage because you're ticking then you have to settle right then you tick and then you have to settle and focus again on on the exam yeah right or the test all right um I think that's pretty good um we've gotten through a lot of our questions oh you want to do that last question okay so the last question we have on our frequently asked questions list is, what's the difference between a tick and a nervous habit, like a fidget? Like if you've seen someone who like swings their foot when they're sitting and reading, I'm just mimicking that right now, or someone who scratches their head or rubs the tip of their nose while they're working on something i don't know um nora you want to answer that uh yeah so as somebody who both ticks ticks a lot and fidget fit bang bang fidgets a lot um it it seems it, it can be a bit difficult to answer that one because like as it seems like like if somebody like 
for example, like, if you are fidgeting, like, the fidget can seem pretty involuntary or out of control. But I think that, um, this might not sort of be the best way to explain it, but with a fidget, um, you can sort of, like, stop and start. Stop it in a sense, or control it, even though it might seem difficult to. Whereas a tick is something that happens, and it's involuntary. You can't really have too much control over it unless you suppress it or, um, or on, like, medication or do, um, cognitive behavioral therapy or things like that. Like, a tick is sort of involuntary and out of control. Whereas a fidget, even though it can seem hard to control, it is something that you can consciously control. Yeah, I mean, and that leads me to ask the follow-up question, and you might not have the answer to this, but what's the difference then, too, with a compulsion, like someone who has OCD and does these compulsory behaviors? Is that like a fidget or a tick? I haven't done enough research about um, OCD and compulsions to... um, to make a statement on that or talk about it but um I would have to do some research on that and if anybody with OCD or with OCD antics or Tourette's wants to answer that question or contact us about it um we'd be happy to listen to what you have to say or even come on our show yeah that could be an interesting episode to talk about um compulsion slash um, I mean, not just compulsions versus ticks and how they can affect us differently. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, this is the time when we start to wind down, grab our mug of tea. Oh, yeah, our tea. Do you have some tea? I do have some tea. Um, it's the same tea as yesterday. Actually, what? The exact same tea in the same mug. Um, Ooh. <laughs> I apologize. It's the same prickly pear cactus tea. What kind of tea do you have? I have a fresh cup of yogi green tea. <laughs> you don't have to Thank rub you. It in my face that it's fresh. Well, I did invite you to have a new cup of tea, and you said, "I'm okay. I have my tea from yesterday." So, okay, we're almost at the end, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our next episode will be about debunking myths about ticks. And talking about different stereotypes associated with ticks. So tune in next week or in a couple of days to listen to that episode. Thank you for educating yourself and listening to us. And we hope to see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.